Hey, hello, my name is Selena. And my name's Theoni, and you are listening to Piping Hot. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Piping Hot, part two of Happy Place by Emily Henry. And similar to all of our book episodes, we're just going to dive right in because we have so much to talk about. (laughs) Yes, I'm very excited to continue discussing because I feel like we stopped right when it started getting crazy. So I'm excited to continue like talking about everything. Yes, me too. So let's dive in starting off with chapter 19. So here is my synopsis. This fun chapter consists of the friends doing weed gummies and going to the little boardwalk with food and carnival games they have for the lobster fest. They go, they all go on the Ferris wheel and Wynn and Harriet recount the last time that they got high, which is when Harriet wanted to build boats for a living. Kimmy, I think, throws her bra down to Wynn and Harriet, which disrupts their little, like, flirty moment that they were having about Harriet's dress. They go back to the house. (laughs) They go back to the house and jump into the pool where Harriet and Wynn finally kiss. <laughs> this was a big chapter. So I'm just going to I'm just going to yeah. like skim to the important parts. So okay. them being high is the funniest shit I've ever read. No, it was so <laughs> funny and like just so like accurate to what I feel like that would look like for yes. those characters, you know? Like it was so good. Exactly. It was just so funny reading it, but it's also like I wanted to be there with them and it just oh, I loved it. Like they clearly had a lot of fun. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um they recount the time they visited the the museum or whatever with Sabrina and Parth, which is also the first time that they hooked up. And that was the last time that they got high. I really love this moment because we learn that Wynn remembers that Harriet wanted to build boats for a living and he texted his dad to ask like what they would need so that Harriet could build boats like this man is so thoughtful it it pains me it pains me it's literally painful I it it just keeps setting the standard so high yes. that I truly don't think single, dating, fiance, engaged, married. Oh, fiance, engaged is the same thing. But either way, no matter what stage you're at, nobody is meeting these standards in these books. And yeah. it's like, when do I get brought back down to earth? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like, no. when sets the standards so high? Like, people don't realize this unless you read this book, like... Oh, I know it's like sickening. He it's really sickening. he really does. And it's it's almost like a game for us, too, because he's doing all these things and we're seeing all of this stuff that he did in the past. Mm-hmm. Yet they're broken up. So it's like, wait a fucking second. Like what <laughs> what am I missing here? And I thought that was a really fun way for Emily Henry to like get us engaged and invested yes. because we wanted to believe that Wynn is a good guy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I said bottom of page 199 into page 200. What is that? 
Oh, oh gosh. The tension in this chapter was going to kill me. I, I swear it was going to kill me. <laughs> I know. Um, I was like, at what point are you going to make out or do something? Because I have been so thirsty this entire yes. book. Like, just give me a sip. Yes, exactly. So Wynne uses the word we, and of course, this sends Harriet into a spiral of everything that they are. Um, and it says here, when we lands on my tongue, I see everything. His moonlit shoulders le leaned against the jaguar. The moment he pulled his hoodie down over my shoulders, my hair pushing out of my face, a kiss in the wine cellar, falling asleep crammed in one twin bed, his sweat clinging to me, the night he asked me to marry me, him. Harriet, he says, what do you think? Should we invest in your boat-making dream or not? And then she basically goes on to then spiral the morning we found out Hank was d d gone. Oh, my God. The deep, painful silence in our San Francisco apartment the night he broke my heart. I was just going to say, this breaks my heart. Like, I didn't sign up for this shit. Like, <laughs> honestly, the whiplash that Emily Henry gave us was so crazy but i loved yep. it but i hated it but it's like these yep. little moments where i was like oh oh shit no you're right you're right like he did break her heart but i'm like but he's a good guy but is he a good guy i don't know see <laughs> no it literally it i i think i always believed that he was a good guy i think it's yes. just one of those things where i was like well, what happened that was so bad? And I think, was that the first time we learned that his dad passed away? Yes. No. And I think oh, so. It was. Yep. And then. Okay. And then when I heard that, I was like, okay, well, grief can make yeah. people do some crazy shit. And so I was like, okay, now that, that makes sense. Yeah. And then they have this cute exchange at the bottom of page 200 about her staring. Remember, they are still high. Um, and it says, why are you looking at me like that? He asks. Like what? I say a bit thickly. He tucks his chin like you want to eat me because I say I want to eat you. I was like, this is the dumbest conversation, but they're high. They're horny. There's tension. Yeah. Tensions are literally. high. I'm like, oh, you literally want to eat him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, I swear to God, there are some moments in books or life or whatever where it's just like it doesn't even matter what you're saying but like that feeling of just like wanting each other is so strong that it makes you just want to lose your mind i literally. know i know also the whole the whole point that they were like hi during this too just kills me because I know. it's just the conversation is just so weird but like i know that their mind is in like a different place but it yeah. like works in a way because it's almost yeah. like it makes them braver to like say I these know. things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I love it. I love a good, some people feel different. I don't give a crap. I love a good like alcohol, like whatever, like Same. whatever gets you to where you need to go. Exactly. I'm exactly. Good. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Okay, so then Harriet shows Wynne more photos of her pottery, and it's revealed that Harriet got into pottery a week after they broke up. Then when she does ceramics, she thinks of places like Vermont and Montana. And honestly, it's, again, heartbreaking because it's evident that, like, when she's doing pottery, she wants to be anywhere but San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see this thread when I was reading it, but doing these summaries and going back and kind of like mm -hmm. rereading these paragraphs, I see it now of just like how much she hated 
San Francisco. No, exactly. Because I think before it's always that classic thing where honestly, like now that you say that, it makes you want to rethink my entire life. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like a lot of people feel that way, but it's yeah. because it's like you just feel like, oh, I just have to get to this point and then it'll be better. Or I just have to do this thing and it'll be better. But you get so stuck in like what you're supposed to do or whatever that before you know it, it's just like, holy shit, I'm unhappy. And like, this yeah. isn't what I want to do. Yeah. And she and <laughs> oh. this book brings on the existential crises. Crises? Cripe. I don't know what I'm saying, but oh my God. No, it really, it really does. And we go on that journey with Harriet of her realizing this right further in the book and stuff of like, she went to like so many years of school and she's already here, but she's mm-hmm. so overwhelmed in her residency, all of that stuff, which we'll get to. But um, yeah, the thread that Emily Henry weaved was so good. It was so good. It was so good. So then Wynn says that his mind is a Ferris wheel, but with her... Um, it doesn't feel like it because she's gravity and he doesn't feel like his mind is a Ferris wheel. And I literally threw up in my mouth. Those The line is so good. It's so good. And it reminds me why Emily Henry is a queen of romance. Because honestly, really? Who, <laughs> who says shit like that? Right? Like, oh, my what mind. What would you do if someone said that to you? If someone said that to me. Someone someone calls me cute and I'm like, if someone told me like I was gravity and like their Ferris wheel and all that bullshit, I would literally die. Me too. Like I would. (laughs) (laughs) Again, going back to, I think we were, was it Vitri that we were doing? It's like men written by women is like literally expectations. Literally the expectations are up here. Like, and Emily Henry does it freaking amazing like love her (laughs) okay so then finally they go back to the cottage and they jump into the pool and honestly page 210 and 211 were literally moments out of a movie like for some reason Mm -hmm. the way that emily henry had written it i could see it so clearly in my mind Mm -hmm. like the way that the way that like win pulled harriet into the pool and they sunk to the bottom and they held each other like Time was frozen, and I was in awe of, like, how she was able to capture it on the page. And then they come up, and they kiss. Finally. And that is the end of chapter 19. I'm getting chills just <laughs> thinking about that scene. I literally right? ate that shit up. But, no, you're so right. It's like a movie, and she already has a movie deal for the other three books. So yeah. I have no doubt at some point that this will be picked up as well. Oh, I mean, yeah. this would be such a good, such a good movie. Honestly, know? honestly, I think I would want this to be a limited series like Daisy Jones and the Six. Ooh. Because- it could be because, like, then you could really, like, yeah, like we talked about yes! last episode, both like the friends and the romance. Like yes. we could really delve into it more, or even get scenes showing like the other relationships and yes. things like that. Because you're right that there is a lot more characters that we deal with compared to all of our other three books. Where I feel like a TV show, you could flesh out all of the characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I would love to see like Sabrina and Parth a little bit more of like yeah. how they came together. You know. Yeah. Yes, no, literally, literally. <laughs> ah, <I'm> just, <laughs> okay, <sorry>. okay. <laughs> moving on to chapter 20. So here's my synopsis. 
Wynn and Harriet kiss, and when they retreat to their room for the night, the tension between them is still hot. Unfortunately, Harriet is in her head and can't get herself to ask more of Wynn. They come to the conclusion that hooking up is a bad idea because in the end, they can't be together. Wynn goes for a walk to cool off, and Harriet falls asleep thinking about what she truly wants in life. I wanted them to fuck so badly that I was like, I was, I was distraught when Emily Henry, like, withheld it from me. I was like, are and you now kidding I can, me? Now I can finally say the shit that I wanted to say last episode. <laughs> this book pissed me off because moments like this happen and we get nothing. Be a little sloppy. Fuck him. What's the worst that'll happen? Okay, 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 okay. But God. the thing is, I was eating it up. I was eating up the angst because it even it made it even better when they finally did. So no, no. Yes. Well, okay. I so agree. Okay. I so agree because you know what? I'm going to talk about it now. I give a fuck. No, <laughs> I, I, okay, no, actually, I'll save it. I do give a fuck. <laughs> but I will say the moments like these made the next moments even better. Like I know there's one scene that I was assigned for a chapter that made it even better because of all this built up tension that we're reading and that they can't just fuck. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Anyways, anyways, the reason why I thought they were going to go and fuck when they went back to their master suite bedroom was the way that he like pushed her up against the door and just like they just stood there like that and i was like they have this entire room they have this entire master suite room and he has cornered her right by the door and i almost threw up literally almost threw up like it was so I'm good like heavy breathing right <laughs> now like there is there is nothing like oh there's nothing like moments like that where it's like you don't even have to be doing anything, but it's like the anticipation and the tension, like yeah, and like that feeling of just like what she said in Beatry, like that heavy feeling of want, like you know, like oh. I yes, and again too, <laughs> I can't, I literally cannot handle it. Like I really can't, I really can't. And again too, I I think these moments of tension really build on each other. And even though it was annoying that they didn't sleep together, I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm in for this ride. Like I, I really yeah. love it. So let's talk about why they didn't sleep together. Win goes on up against the door. Okay. We're still up against the stupid door. <laughs> Win goes on and says, tell me to kiss you, Harriet. And I would have folded immediately. Immediately. No, are you kidding? <laughs> I like, you don't have to ask me twice. <laughs> but then, this, this simple question prompts Harriet to spiral. Of course. We love her. We love a girly who overthinks, okay? It's fine. But as I was reading this, a part of me understood why she didn't say anything. Because Wynne basically repeated the question of, like, tell me to kiss you, Harriet. Because she's taken five months attempting to forget him and all of a sudden this one week comes up where she's throwing all of that work out of the window only to return back to San Francisco home so I understand why they didn't sleep together I understand why Harriet didn't no, answer his question it was just it just sucked again it just literally sucked and I hate like even in these happy moments, Emily Henry did a good job of making us feel like shit. You know? No, literally, like, literally, literally, it made sense for the plot, but I still hated it. And I, I will say, like, my God, 
I and I will only say that this one time this episode because it's getting repetitive but like in this moment I related to Harriet so much (laughs) like I like it was painful about how one thing can hit you just the wrong way yeah and it just totally makes you spiral and sometimes that spiral is for the better and sometimes it like kind of self-sabotages you and I think that I just uh I relate. relate. Yes. Also, you can you can keep saying you relate to Harriet. Like you can as we go throughout this. There's no rule. Yeah. (laughs) Wynn is so kind and says that he doesn't want to do anything that hurts Harriet. So then he goes Mm -hmm. on a walk to cool off. And again, Harriet is stuck in her head, thinking about her goal for the week. And that's when Harriet realizes like she doesn't know what she wants and I really loved this Mm. moment because you know we were halfway through the book and I was like okay what is Harriet's journey and I love that it was like oh what do you want Harriet such a simple Mm. question but for her it was so big it was so life-changing um and I was just rooting for her (laughs) I know me too me too why did you snort I said I wouldn't say it again. (laughs) Okay, never mind, never mind. You're so funny. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) The chapter ends with Wynn's previous words of arms up, baby, and there's no one else, and perfect. And then she wakes up alone, and honestly, I wanted to cry. Like, it... Yep. She's living through these little pieces, getting these pieces of wind when they were normal right back in Mm -hmm. san francisco and it just made me want to bawl my eyes out again like no the pain that she felt was so visceral because it's so hard to be hanging on to those good moments but then also to try to ground yourself in reality it's so hard well honestly too before this their whole kiss and all the tension and stuff it's like it sucks to have that realization when you were so close to having what you wanted the entire time. Like, it it Mm -hmm. literally, I think that's what made it worse. Like, the sequence of events. It just made it worse. Yep. So. (sighs) And that is the end of chapter 20. (laughs) Alrighty. So, I did go back in and add a few more notes, but I still have my big chapter chunk. Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. So, I didn't have time to go back and do all the other stuff. But, okay, chapters 21 through 25. This chunk of chapter begins with the proposal scene and a look into Wynn and Harriet's regular relationship. Then the crew goes out on a boat as tensions rise between Cleo and Sabrina due to Cleo not letting Sabrina visit her. Wynn and Harriet share a moment and begin to talk about what's happening but are interrupted by the air horn. Harriet (laughs) wishes she knew what went wrong. In the next chapter, past Harriet and Wynn go to meet Harriet's family. While Harriet seeks their approval even with their tense relationship with her parents. She doesn't get it because her mother says she doesn't see their relationship working out or their lives aligning. Then, Wynn and Harriet reflect on Harriet's past and promise each other to end it if they aren't happy. We get transported back to the boat and coast in the next chapter where the crew reflects on what they'll miss most about these trips and discuss everyone's wedding details and preferences. The chapter ends with the mysterious text Harriet happens upon from Gloria. So, again, I feel like these chapters just took off. I I just have a few thoughts about it. Okay, Mm -hmm. so the first thing, I am, number one, and we've talked about this before, I think we're both a sucker for a proposal scene in any form we get it, right? 
but you're right there was there there is something about the proposal scenes where it is in such a simple moment but it's because the guy is like what's going to be perfect but it's like there's never going to be a perfect moment but it's Mm -hmm. going to be perfect because it's her and i and like i just need to do it right now like i love reading that shit honestly like you you know me i am a sucker Mm -hmm. for any proposal scene like i want i know we were told like sabrina and parth's proposal blah 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 no i i want to read that actual fucking scene and the fact that we got harriet and win's proposal scene literally made me cry like (laughs) and it was so them like you know what i mean it was so them it was so them can i just read it a little yes go 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 okay (laughs) Page 224. I'm happier than I've ever been. Don't yet know that there is a level of happiness even deeper, one so intense it hurts, almost like loss or grief. A happiness so bright and hot you feel like it could incinerate you. That comes later that night when Wynn goes out to pick up Chinese food, come back drenched from the rain. At the sound of the door clicking shut, I look up from the crossword I've gone back to, jump up from the couch, and pad over to help him with the rain-speckled paper bags. I flick the stove on to make tea and take bags from his arms, and as I'm setting them on the counter, he catches me by the wrist and looks down at me with such softness and vulnerability that I'm afraid, sure something terrible has happened. Quietly, then a murmur, he says, Marry me, Harriet. Yes, I say on a breath. He stills, he blinks like he's trying to puzzle out what I just said. The tea kettle has started to whistle. I catch his jaw. Win, yes. His brow tenses. Wait. I don't want to wait, I say. He fumbles in his jacket. <laughs> Shit, give me a second. Don't move. <laughs> and then, I mean, I'll let people read the rest. But then, like, he tries to find, like, the ring and, like, everything. And I just, like, it's like they're both just so overwhelmed of the feeling of each other, you know? Like, it's painful. It's painful. What, <sighs> as you reread that scene to me, which you did a great job, and I'm like holding back tears, <laughs> I <laughs> realize, <laughs> I realize that Wynn didn't realize that she was going to say yes. And it goes back to what the end of the book that we'll talk about but he didn't realize that's why he said wait she's like i don't want to wait and he was so flustered what wait, you no. talk about he said wait because he wanted to get the ring oh yeah i know but also because he was flustered because well, harriet he's flustered. harriet said it okay. so fast okay i hear you i hear you i just win needs to be protected on at all costs like i don't i don't know give a crap okay <laughs> i know i know i know oh my lord <sighs> okay so i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit okay okay because that chapter is pretty much the uh, the proposal okay yep so then we get into the chapter where kind of tensions start to rise because they're going on the boat and all of these things yes. are happening. Yep. And again, I feel like Emily Henry did a really good job throughout throughout the book of like dropping these hints of like Sabrina and Cleo's drama. Yes. But I feel like on page 231 is when I was like, oh, holy shit. Like they are on edge. With yeah, there's other. like something more. Yep, so this is this is kind of where it happens on page 231. So 
I'll just start here. I love them, Cleo says. I'll let you take one home, Kimmy says, if we go back for my seal. I'm sorry, babe. I just don't think we've got room for that kind of responsibility in our lives. If life's too hectic for your best friend's visit, Sabrina says, then you don't have time to start a horseshoe crab preserve. Would you quit picky at me, Cleo says. Sabrina's eyes widen. I was kidding. Well, it's not funny, Cleo says. Okay, okay, Sabrina replies. I'm sorry. Cleo turns away, hiking up the shore toward the gnarled woods, and Sabrina looks at Kimmy. She shakes her head. She's under a lot of pressure right now. Give her a break. It's as close to an admonishment as I'd ever heard Kimmy give. And she doesn't wait around for Sabrina's reply before striding up the path after Cleo. And then obviously it continues, but I think... That is a moment I knew that, like, either you're going to yell it all out and fix it or everything's going to crumble mm -hmm. and you are not going to be able to come back from it. Sabrina was so wrong for doing that in that moment. Like, I understand you're yeah. angry, right? I, I, uh -huh. I get it. You know, Sabrina has her own thing. Cleo has her own thing, whatever. But, like snide remarks like that just really get to me like if you have a problem like let's talk it out like let like why yep. are you beating around the bush and in that moment I was like what is like what stick is up your ass Sabrina because I want to know like no. what let's just talk it out no literally exactly but I think it's one of those things where like I I hated reading it because I agree like don't do that shit but yeah. I also think it speaks so much to her character of like yep. trying to do all these things and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And she like doesn't say anything's wrong because she's trying to make everything perfect. And then it oh, was yeah. like it. she finally snapped and finally said yeah. something snippy because she just could not get past it. And so mm -hmm. I like understand it. But again, it's like, yep, just communicate your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> we know how well that goes for so Wynn and simple. Harriet, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to touch on this and get your thoughts on it. So on page 240, okay. when Wynn and Harriet, I'm kind of jumping ahead again, but when oh. Wynn and Harriet talk about, um, or they go to Harriet's mom and dad's place and she has that conversation with her mom. Um, <laughs> so 240. So I say, what do you think? About what, she says. About when, I say. He's a very nice young man, she says. Again, me and Harriet, the same. Because that shit would have made me spiral. <laughs> because as soon as your mom just says he's very nice, you know she's thinking some, yeah. some shit about that person, yeah. you know? So I wait for her to go on. For a minute, we're both drying plates and putting them away. Finally, she faces me and smiles wanly. Just don't rush anything. You've got your whole life, your career ahead of you. And you know, feelings come and go. Your career won't. That's something you can rely on. I make myself smile. But you like him? She sighs and sets the hand towel aside, facing me with a crease brow. He's sweet, honey, she says in a low voice, eyes darting toward the doorway. But frankly, I don't see it. My heart jitters. See what? Him making you happy, she says. You making him happy. I am happy, she says now she nods glancing toward the dining room again but that's the kind of boy who wants who's going to want to move home and start having kids he's going to want someone who's at home who has a life that matches his I pictured you with someone who had a bit more going on who wouldn't expect more from you than what you were able to give um and then it it goes on a little bit from there but I don't need to read more but mm -hmm. I think it's so hard because at first my note said Okay, Harriet's mom can fuck right off. I swear these seeds of doubt destroy everything. But honestly, thinking about it, 
was that the time for Harriet's mom to say that? Maybe not. No. But I also think as much as I hate it, right? I think that there is some validity to that and maybe them not thinking about some of those pieces kind of led to their downfall in a way because it's like because they were kind of ignoring these bigger things that Mm -hmm. could be getting in the way like for example like the kind of life they want right like Harriet was kind of ignoring her feelings about her job and when was like well I'm fine here so you know and I Mm -hmm. think even though Harriet's mom the way she said it was wrong I think the intent was kind of right or maybe well, I'm not making I think sense. I think you need to remember who created that image for mm-hmm. Harriet in the first place yeah. of like what mm-hmm. box she's in. It's because of her exactly. parents and her mom is saying these things based on the box that she created mm-hmm. for Harriet to fit in very nicely. And so yep. the validity of it makes sense because that's mm-hmm. what her mom believes. But mm-hmm. I think for Harriet I think, unfortunately, she, which we learn, doesn't know what she wants. And she was just doing Mm -hmm. stuff to please people, which is how she got into her situation that, you know, is what we're reading. But honestly, when I read this part, I was really angry at her mom. Yeah. But that's because I thought her mom honestly was like insinuating that like Wynn wasn't smart enough for her. And I'm like... Oh. I was like, uh, you need to back off because Wynn yeah, yeah. can be everything else. He doesn't have to yeah. be book smart. He doesn't have to have a fucking doctor's degree. But I felt like, in a way, her mom was also kind of like undercutting his intelligence. And again, we already yeah. know with all of these clues in the beginning that Wynn is very insecure. And I that was yeah. that's what pissed me off, too. No, and that's that's such a good point. And I feel like I was in a situation recently where I was telling someone about something and they kind of responded in a way that was like judging that other person for like some of their life choices or the mm-hmm. career that they had. And I was like, who are you to judge? Like, you have yeah. no idea their life. You have no idea yes. about... Like, why? It's just that underlying like condescension that I can't yep. fucking stand. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Puke. Okay. Okay. Page 247. Let me pull up what it said because I know I had a whole a whole reaction to it written down, but I wanna I wanna see what I was talking about. Oh, okay. So this is the part where they I don't need to read it, but this is the part where Wynn and Harriet kind of like for example, it says just promise I say we'll end things before we ever let them get like that. Hurt flashes across his face. I want to take it back, but I don't. This is all I can give him, all I can give myself, some tiny measure of protection. The only way I can bear loving anyone this much is knowing it will never turn to poison. Knowing we'll give each other up before we can destroy each other. If we're making each other unhappy, I say as evenly as I can, we can't keep going. I couldn't stand living every day knowing you resent me. I won't, he says softly. I couldn't. Please win. I touch the muscles along his jaw. I need to know we're never going to hurt each other like this. His eyes travel back and forth across my face. I'm not going to stop fighting for you, Harriet. I'm not going to stop loving you. It's not the answer I asked for. It's the one I desperately want. I'm literally going to cry again. What the fuck? Yep. Yep. I know. And it's so hard because, like, Harriet says that because, again, that is her protecting herself. 
Yep. But Wynn doesn't let her off easy because he's like, no, like if we're unhappy, we're going to work through it because I love you that much. And I just think that's such a powerful thing. And again, it's like Wynn was saying that, but I think he really heard what she said. And because mm-hmm. of when the response that Wynn gave her in that moment, then when it came to the breakup, it made it so much more difficult for Harriet yes. to come to terms with it. Liter- literally, literally. Like, it's the contradictions really have, like, get me in a spiral. Because we're told, yep. we read a scene like this, and then we know something else happens. It's like, it just, like, hurts. <laughs> it hurts. No, it does. It does hurt. Because it's so, and I think... It just hits on what we said before about what's so painful about this book is just like it is so real the back and forth of the feeling and the indecisiveness but like the decisiveness at the same time and like how all of these things can be true at once and how it just turns into a huge confusing mess for people. Yes exactly. Page 254 I have to bring this up because again it's just a very painful moment I'm just gonna read it. (laughs) Okay, sorry. I keep reading, Chip. I have to, okay? (laughs) Nah, Wynn says. Maybe I used to think there'd be a perfect time or place, but now I think if you really want to be with someone, you don't wait for things to be perfect. His eyes come to mine. I would have married Harriet at a drive-thru chapel in Vegas the day after I proposed if she wanted. His eyes look dark in the dying daylight, the kind of gaze that falls like a heavy curtain shutting out everything else. Would have. The past tense of it slices through me. Then shit, Par says, what's stopping you? I'll find you an Elvis online today. We can have this whole thing taken care of in 45 minutes. Back-to-back weddings. Wynne casts his eyes back to the dock. Because that's not what she wants. You, 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 my heart cries. We pull into the harbor. You're going to, like, make me fucking cry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, (laughs) I have to, I have to read it because I can't possibly describe it any better than, like, the words that she used or, like, have any other commentary than the words she used. But, like, that was so painful because, like, again, it's just, like, they, oh, God, I just hate that they both, like, held each other back and not in the way that they loved Mm. each other necessarily but like they were both just so stuck on trying to make each other happy that they forgot about the oh god it's just like oh it's painful honestly like when I read this scene I read it as like Wynn was still blaming her even though she was still in love with him because Right, we know he's like, oh, I would have married married Harriet at the drive-through chapel in Vegas the day after I proposed. Then at the bottom, he's like, because that's not what she wants, and I'm like, oh, so, no, you're right, because what does Harriet want? We don't know, and so a part mm-hmm. of me is like, okay, yes, I understand the confliction, but also a part of me, I was like, when, what are you getting at? Like, I I want to know what your understanding of this situation was. Exactly. And this is like, and this is my note for that page. Again, <laughs> at this point, after when said that, I need to know why the fuck he broke it off. It better be yes. good. Like, yes. but I, I guess I didn't necessarily reading at him blaming her for it. I mm. think it was just him more coming to the realization that like she doesn't know exactly what mm. she wants and like 
he he did but he was willing to stand by her for that so i don't think it necessarily changes that and means mm. he blames her for it. i think it's just more like an acknowledgement uh, but it. maybe it could be both ways i don't know yeah because it makes sense when you said that so i don't fucking know <laughs> yeah. okay anyways i'm not gonna read this text that gloria sent but i remember reading that when she's like you have to tell harriet i was like tell harriet what tell harriet what I'm done with the suspense. I'm done with the tension. This is when I was like, I need answers. Otherwise, I'm going to throw the book out the window. I was like, I was convinced Wynn was dying. I was like, no, Wynn literally. is sick or something. Like, there's... Yes. There something. has to be something crazy. Yes. Like, I thought it was like, at this point, my mind was going to the depths. I was yes. like, the worst of the worst has happened. Okay. That's yeah. all I'm going to say about that. But that's the last I have for that chunk of chapters. Wow. Uh -huh. Wow. Okay, I will say that that chunk of chapters that you just went through was probably my favorite sequence of chapters that I read in this book. I thought it was just so good. Like ugh. It was really, really well done. So good, yeah. Okay, well, we'll dive into chapter 26, which is a flashback cool. to a dark place. Which I think might be the first time we see like dark place versus happy place. Um, but this dark place takes place in San Francisco, California. So this short chapter in which we see Harriet struggling with her residency. Wynn and Harriet find a venue for their wedding and put down a deposit. Wynn struggles to find a job and the chapter ends with the reveal that Hank passed away. This chapter is just them like trying to adjust to life as they knew it. But it was, like, so heartbreaking. Like, I just... Mm -hmm. Which, we have another Dark Place chapter that we'll get to. But I... This, like, little... This little bit of a Dark Place, I was like, I've had enough. I don't want any more. Like... No, literally. <laughs> it was so painful. Like, so painful. I, li I like to assign this chapter, the song by Taylor Swift called This Is Me Trying. Have you heard of that song? I have not. Okay, well, you should listen to it and you should think of when and then you'll cry because okay, the lyrics great. say, I just wanted you, I just wanted you to know that this is me trying. And one of the lyrics is, they told me that all of my cages were mental, so I got wasted like all of my potential. Why is that when? Why? <laughs> like... And then the next, the next lyric says that like my words shoot to kill when I'm mad and I have a lot of regrets about that. Like the four minute phone call, excuse you? Like I- I'm unwell. Right? I need to listen to that right now. It's, it's like, I'm, I'm like, shook. oh, it's just win. That, that's win's song and it, it hurts me, but I just wanted to tell you. <laughs> cool <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> um okay so then as win is interviewing for these jobs in san francisco harriet tells him that he needs to stop talking down about himself when they when he answers like oh you know tell me about yourself and she says that he should answer like the people who love him would answer and again this like whole self-deprecation thing i was like I knew it was going to come back and it was going to keep coming back over and over again. But it just made me so sad because you could see how ingrained it was in him. Mm -hmm. Like it was just second nature to him at this point. 
It was. And I know this isn't exactly what's talked about in the book, but just you bringing that up made me want to say it. Like, I, it's so hard because like, and maybe this was how Wind was feeling, but Mm -hmm. it's like, he, he doesn't want that validation because he doesn't think he deserves it. And like, but he, but like, he's allowed to have it. And like, people are allowed to give it to him, but he just can't, he just can't accept it. I know. That's why he needs to be protected. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? Um, and if that wasn't even bad, right? The chapter mm-hmm. ends even worse when we yep. learn that Hank passed away. And I'm not going to read it because it's too sad. But the way that she wrote it, the way that Emily Henry wrote it, it was so perfect in a heartbreaking way like it mm-hmm. but yeah no i'm not gonna read it because it's gonna make me cry okay. so we're <laughs> yeah, moving we on can't do with that yeah yeah to chapter 27 <laughs> okay here's my synopsis this angsty chapter begins with the friends deciding to throw sabrina and parth a proper wedding in which win and harriet are assigned to get a wedding cake they finally <laughs> talk about the text message that harriet saw and win reveals that he's been making tables the whole happy birthday wicked pizzah was so funny to me. Like, it was so fitting. Wait, for... I think it's... <laughs> you read it as pizzah? Yes! Or what it's is it? Pizza. Pizza, like okay. Pizza. Like pisser. Okay, okay. Pizza. <laughs> um, that was like a helicopter. Okay. Just like Harriet. holy shit i didn't even realize oh my god okay well cool oh i love that i love that okay but i thought that whole like cake thing was so fitting for them and it just mm-hmm. made me so happy because I knew, like, Parth and Sabrina would, like, love it. Mm-hmm. But the minute that he pulled over the rover, I was like, this is it. This is it. Like, we yep. are going to get a full-on confrontation and all of this stuff. Yep. Like, I'm I'm ready for it. But Harriet is angry. And he grabs her. because she, she walks away and he grabs her. And... <laughs> They, they kiss, right? Super hot kiss. And Harriet asks what that text message was. Wynn then says, we can talk about it or we can have sex in the car right now. And it was like I was in jeopardy and I was like, sex in the car for a thousand right now. Right now. <laughs> like, I am ready. I am ready. Like, why would you say that? Why would you say that? <laughs> And the, uh, the fact that she didn't fold and she was like, "I tell me about it right now. I was like, Harriet, really? Priorities. <laughs> no, but like, again, I, I get it because like it is, she's constantly choo- choosing the hard thing whether she wants to or not because yeah. like even if she were to have sex with Wynn in that moment, 
yeah, she might enjoy it, but like she would overthink throughout the whole yes. thing that like yeah. like nothing is more important to Harriet than like figuring out something that she's been ruminating on for days. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, again, I am sympathetic towards Harriet and I understand why that she wanted to know. But do I message. want them to have sex? Yes. Yes. <laughs> give it to me, please. Exactly. In the car. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. I was a little thrown off. I don't know about you, but I was thrown off when Wynn revealed that he made tables, which went for $15,000 at its cheapest. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what do you, what do you mean that you make these tables? And as he explained it, it made more sense. But I was like so confused at first. Well I think that that part is where a little bit of the book took a turn for mm. me a little bit or maybe all this like building up and all of these like hints or whatever. I felt like then that just came out of soul left field. I was yes. like, what the hell? Like if we had gotten some little hint that maybe when had built stuff with his dad yeah. or like when, you know, something to make it make sense that like, Finally, he's found that and like he's happy because of he's doing something. He, yeah. I don't know, but it seems so out of left field that I was like, how is this justifying everything that's happened? But also, though, also, if you think about it, maybe there it was purposeful why we didn't know about it. So we could be as shocked as Harriet when mm. we found it out, because then we also found out that he was an apprentice back in San Francisco, that that is when mm. he started all of this. Yeah. But when it was revealed that he started this all the way back when they were still living together, that's when I was like, oh, it's something more. It's like something more like mental. In, in just yeah. his head, just the way that Harriet's also in her head, Wynn is also in his head. So part of me, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, okay, I understand. But it didn't hurt any less the fact that he withheld that from Harriet. Yep, you know, 100%. Because again, it's, oh God, I mean, we could say the same thing 500 times, so I won't go yeah. into it. But again, it just goes back to like, he's trying to both make Harriet as happy as pop possible and make her life as easy as she can, while yep. also trying to make himself happy, but yep. finding it impossible to do so. Mm -hmm. Like, the trapped in a cage thing or whatever the heck you said. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we did get some answers in this chapter, but I was still like, there there needs to be more. Like, I, I, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not getting the full story. The chapter yep. ends when he admits that he would love to make her a table. And I just melted. Like, this man and his acts of service? I literally cannot. Okay, I love that he's making her a table, but like... I would love that you get back together. <laughs> that too, right? I was like, okay, yay, a table. Great. But that okay. was his, oh, that's know, his way cute. to show love. They can't be I together. Know. So that's I the know. only way that he can show I his know, love. I get it, and that, but it doesn't make me feel any better. And, and that she would have a piece of him back in San Francisco whenever she looked at the table. She doesn't need a table to have a piece of him. I know, I know, I know. Okay, I get it. Wow, that was deep as shit. <laughs> No, but wow. Ugh. Okay. This book is too much. No, truly. Um, okay, well, it doesn't slow down there because chapter 28 is sad <laughs> as fuck, so buckle up. 
Great. This is a dark place, San Francisco, California. I was doing my notes this morning and I like got teary eyed as I was doing chapter 28 because it sucks. Okay. <laughs> After Hank's death, Wynne and Harriet return to the city in attempt to go on with life. But in order to give him time to grieve, Harriet has been giving him space, including letting the deposit on the wedding venue go and postponing the wedding even more. Wynne comes out with Harriet's friends and it's evident that he doesn't fit in Harriet's world. When Gloria's Parkinson's worsens, Wynne flies out to Montana to help his mom. After a night out, Harriet's friend Martin kisses her and Harriet and Wynne finally break up. <laughs> this is the saddest chapter throughout the book and here's why. I think, yes, Hank's death was very sad, but the way that this chapter depicts how a relationship deteriorates over yes. uh, over time and how it dies is so heartbreaking, but I think it goes back to the the idea that you've been saying that it's it's too real. Like, I mm -hmm. don't... Yep. It was almost so uncomfortable to read where it's like, oh, like I I can see where this is going. It's so normal for these things to be happening, but it's like just so heartbreaking to see it yep. summed up in one fucking chapter. No, literally. But also, even though it was summed up in one chapter, it still feel felt like every piece got enough time. So it like didn't feel rushed to me. And like, but I think that's what was so hard about it is that it yeah. was so real and so... Yeah, I'm sure you'll talk more about it, but yes. Uh, okay, page 274. <laughs> Seeing Wynne grieve was very sad. Seeing Harriet grieve as well was very, very sad. And I think it was just two different griefs that I wasn't yep. prepared for. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep, 100%. Harriet makes herself smaller in an attempt to help Wynne with his grief, which... I understand 100% where she's coming from. And I honestly relate. But it backfires on her. And it's just yep. so, it's so sad. And so this is what she says in order to help win grief or whatever. Um, I'll make bargains with the universe. If I make the apartment cozier, if I don't complain about work, if I make the most of the constant rain, if I need nothing from him, he'll be okay. And I think this shows just how considerate she is. But it also made everything worse with what we find out at the end of the book because she was making herself smaller, an attempt to help win. And I'm like, I know it's coming from a good place. I really do. But it yeah. honestly just made things worse. No, but that's the thing. But like people in life, no matter who you are, they like to feel needed at some point. It in different ways, right? Emotionally helpful in your job. In, yeah. There's so many different ways that you can feel needed, right? And so on top of everything that Wynn is dealing with, then to no longer feel needed by Harriet, like, yep. of course he's going to feel the way he's going to feel. And I like understand why he feels that way, but I also understand why Harriet did it and she did it with yes. the best of intentions. No, I, I agree. Again, it's like not miscommunication, but miscommunication, but also just like well intentions that didn't turn out well. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Um, so then Gloria, right, is sick. And so when goes back home to help her and as time passes, they get too busy to talk all the time and they begin to miss visits. And Harriet just brushes them off and says it's fine, even though she really wants to see him. 
What broke me was at the top of page 278. It says he's in town 36 hours and then he's gone again. Literally just that simple sentence literally <laughs> broke me because at that point, they're just ships passing in the night now. Where yep, they used to be, exactly. they used to be so in sync, and now they're just ships passing in the night, and it just doesn't even. It's it's it is what it is, and it mm-hmm. hurt to see them get to that point. Oh, don't worry, it gets worse. So yep. the kiss with Martin. <laughs> Honestly, what he said on page two seventy nine, he was right. This is what happens. I'm not available. I stammer. You know that. Martin laughs. The furniture guy, I feel like I'm going to be sick when I say, he's not here, Harry, Martin says. He's never here anymore. I am. And I couldn't argue. I couldn't argue with Martin because I was like, okay, that makes sense. But she doesn't need Martin. She needs Wynn, which makes it even worse because he isn't here. Mm -hmm. Like, Martin, you are right. He isn't here, but I need him. Yep, exactly. And of course, um, she calls Wynn right away and he tells her, which is so Harriet. Um, and it breaks my heart because his first response is, this isn't working anymore. Which pissed me off, okay? Okay, hear me out. Pissed me off. Because it was sh- so clear that she needed him in that moment, right? And she was so apologetic the way that Harriet is. And that's all that he can say? That's all that he can fucking say. I was... I was livid. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I don't know why that got to be so bad. Oh, it's just like, <laughs> sorry. Right? God. No, this book no, makes me literally want to cry all the time. It's just, again, it's like that feeling of like that moment when you need someone the most, but it's like their breaking point and like, you can't even blame him because, like, they were both feeling this way and they wouldn't admit it. And he, like, finally, like, almost used that as an out. But, like, Harriet needed him and he wasn't there. And all Harriet's been trying to do is, like, make his life easy. And mm-hmm. then, like, the one time that she finally comes to him, to literally, him, he's literally. not there. Exactly. Exactly. Like, all, all throughout Hank's death, all of him going back to Montana and them living separate lives, like, she didn't need him once. Because, again, her well intention was that she didn't want to disturb him and he wanted to focus on his mom and all that stuff. But the one fucking time that she asked for him, and that is what he says, it... I understand why it was a four-minute phone call and why it was so bad. Like, at that point, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. Holy shit, that's why there's so much tension between you guys. Like, it ended horribly. Literally. Um, and yeah, the chapter ends with her receiving her stuff in a box two days later. <laughs> yeah. So, chapter 29 gets back into real life. So here's my synopsis. Okay. After the chat on the side of the road, Harriet realizes that she can't let their relationship go. She's been trying all these months, but it's been futile. She marches to Wynn, who's conveniently showering in the outdoor guest house shower, and confronts <laughs> him about everything. They have this hot ass makeout session. I thought they were going to have sex finally. God, me this too. is what I meant, but I was like, I'm done. Me too. Stop messing around now. Stop messing around. Truly. But then ultimately they stop because everyone is waiting for them. So not only was this the conversation that I was dying for them to have, 
to like finally address the whole breakup thing. But this makeout session was like a chef's kiss. Like it was everything. It was like all like the tension, like the little touches and the pool on the Ferris wheel. Like it was like it all collimated to like this moment, you know. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say that Harriet's whole entire speech was fucking fantastic. I loved her little spiel in this chapter. And it just broke my heart because, you know, it's been five months and you can see just how much of an impact it still has on her and how much it has burned her. And it, it just made me feel for her so much. And this is one of kind of my favorite parts of her speech that really broke me on page 283. It says, I have this gaping wound and I have no idea how it got there. It's killing me hearing how happy you are without even understanding how I, how I, my voice qu qu quivers, my breath coming in spurts. I don't know what I did to make you so miserable. And I was like, Harriet, girly, you did nothing. But like, I was like, you could just see Literally, you could see all the weights on her shoulder. Like, it was just killing her. Suffocating her. <sighs> yep. Made me so sad. I don't even know what else. I don't <laughs> even know. I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah. Because she does not understand how he got to that point. I mean, I think obviously yes. she figures it out now that they're having those conversations. But you can just feel so viscery, viscerally how over the past five months... She's just been, what did I do? What did I do? How did this happen? What did I do? You know, like, I know. that is a horrid cycle to be stuck in. I know. I know. Ugh. Okay. So after her whole, like, speech, it's Wynn's turn. So he finally reveals that he was in a dark place after his father's death and that because Harriet had this new life in San Francisco with his new job and new friends, he felt greedy for her time and he hated himself for not being happy for her. Okay? I, that makes sense, okay? It wasn't enough to justify for him leaving, though, okay? Mm -hmm. Then he goes on to say that he wanted to be special and that he's been chasing it all his life to make him feel like he mattered, which I was like, okay, Wynn. I got it. I, I'm, I I'm getting on your side, right? I think this is what sold me at the bottom of 285. He says, I will always love you. He says fiercely, that's the point, Harriet. It's the only thing that's ever come naturally to me. The thing I don't have to work at. And then he says, I loved you all the way across the fucking country. And at my darkest, on my worst days, I still love you more than I've ever loved anything else. I'm like... <laughs> She is his calling? Like, what? But you still left? I was like, when? What is going on in your head? Like, I want to know. Like, what is happening? Well, I think part of it, I think, is just depression does mm -hmm. that to you. Yep. You know, so I don't want to negate because, like, I think as much as we can talk about, like, Harriet and all that stuff because it's from her POV, it's yep. like... People don't understand, and I know, she, I feel like Emily Henry does a good job of, like, digging into this a little more, but, like, people don't understand, like, what depression can, like, do to people and, like, how they can convince themselves that they're making the right choices, even though it's literally just hurting them more, and I think yeah. that part of why Wynn made that decision was because he's like, oh, it's better for her, like, see what happened in San Francisco, like, this isn't working anymore because you're hanging on to me and I can't be there for you the way yeah. that you deserve. So bye, you know? Yeah. And that goes 
to my next point where in this chapter it's finally revealed that Wen has depression and he's on medication and mm-hmm. Harriet didn't know that and this is kind of where it dwell- dives into his depression mm-hmm. and honestly I think it like with all <laughs> with all that's been revealed in this chapter like this made it even worse because I was like oh my god like there's so many elements to this relationship so many layers which there is in real life again making it feel like it's so real because I was like oh my gosh there's just so many different things to consider and it it honestly was a really hard chapter for me to read because I was I wanted to be so angry at everyone but I I couldn't I like couldn't because I was just so I just felt for them so much <laughs> yep no literally which then also goes to my next point at um, bottom of page 286 to the top of 287 when things really start making sense in which we find out that like, I'll just read it. I was going to explain okay. it, but I was like, I think it's easier if I just read it. So this is what it says. Okay. What was I supposed to think, Harriet? He asked, voice fraying. When I'd have to cancel a visit, you didn't care. When I missed a phone call, you didn't care. You were never mad at me. You never fought with me. I felt like you didn't even miss me. This is where I was like, oh, oh, Harriet, girl, you, you fucked up. Like, yep. you, in, mm-hmm. in the best way from yep. from your heart, you fucked up. I'm so sorry. Like, literally. <laughs> I was literally. Uh, just sucked. I hate it. Okay. So on page 289, just another moment that killed me that I'm going to read. Um, okay. He says, everything's different and nothing's changed, Harriet. He says, I tried so fucking hard to let you go, to let you be happy. And when I see you, I still, I still feel like, like you're mine. Like I'm yours. I got rid of every single piece of you. Like that would make a difference. Like I could cut you out of me. And instead I just see everywhere where you're supposed to be. (laughs) I'm going to make myself cry. Like what the, what the fuck? So. But then this is when it started getting me upset because I'm like, so mm. why aren't you together? Yes. Why? Yes. Then figure your shit out. If you guys are both hurting that bad, why didn't someone say something? Yes. But no, you guys are cowards. <laughs> now I'm just pissed. I know. Well, Sorry, I know I'm supposed to be sad, but I'm pissed. No, you're fine. Um, no, but I, I read that paragraph and I was like, this makes it even worse because I know after this trip after this week this isolated week they can't be together they're going to go back to their new normal and i think that's just what sucked the most of knowing that like they feel this way so much but they can't do anything about it and i'm like Mm -hmm. my god and then win says he's still hers and they kiss and it's really hot like super hot and then on page 291 he says this thing about his dreams like how she's like, she thinks that this is a dream. And then he's like, oh, it can't be. Because in my dreams, you're always on top. <laughs> I was like, excuse me? Excuse me, Wynn. Can you say that again? <laughs> what do you even say? What I do don't know. Say about that? I don't know. He's Honestly. perfect. I love God. I know. I love him so he much. He says the best shit. I swear to Honestly. you. Like, God damn. Honestly. Okay, but then they stop because they don't have a condom, which is so fucking stupid. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't care. And then and then they have this, like, cute little, like, exchange about getting condoms when they go out to dinner, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you guys, you guys should literally just sleep together. 
<laughs> I, hey, they're uh, being safe. They're okay, being sure, safe. Sure. After literally being together for almost 10 years. Okay, cool. Um, then the chapter ends. He still makes her come by eating her out. And it was still really hot. But I was still really, really pissed that they didn't sleep together. So. <laughs> like, I'll take what I can get. I guess. But dear Lord, I was so. And let me tell. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. All right, so chapter 30. Here's my synopsis. Shit goes down in this chapter when Sabrina surprises the group with group tattoos. Cleo finally takes a stand and says that they can't just do anything and everything that Sabrina wants. Sabrina reveals that she knew about Wynn and Harriet's breakup. I just want to point out the physical touch on the top of page 298 between Wynn and Harriet because it killed me. Like, why can't you just get back together? That's literally my note. <laughs> um... Sabrina springing on a surprise tattoo is very Sabrina. So I wasn't surprised that it happened. And also, too, because they were talking about it for years or whatever. I do I do think, though, she didn't consider people's boundaries. Even though, mm. you know, it's been this whole tattoo thing has been an idea for years. Like consent is still consent. So I was like, OK, mm -hmm. I understand why Cleo is saying something. Here's where I related to Sabrina, because a part of me was like, I don't I don't know what is going on in your head, but this is the first time where I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, I kind of see where she's getting where she's getting at. Mm -hmm. Sure, Sabrina says, I'll drop it. I'll drop the fact that one of my best friends keeps canceling plans and the other will barely text me back. And my dad's selling the only place that's ever felt anything like home to me. And no one except me seems to give a fuck that we're growing apart. And I was like, oh, this is deeper. Yep. Like, this is so much deeper than I would I would have thought yeah. because again I understand her losing the, losing the cottage with her mom and her dad and all of that stuff but the whole friends thing I was like oh this is really juicy and that's basically where chapter 30 ends oh. well but then Crazy. Sabrina reveals that she knew about Wynn and Harriet but they talk about that in 31 so gets juicy yeah. <laughs> <sighs> alrighty Hopping right in to chapters 31 through 35. Okay. The chapter begins with it being revealed that this whole week was because Sabrina was feeling the group drift apart and wanting Harriet and Wynn back together. The ladies' friendships implode as they let out years of built-up frustrations and tensions. Then we get an insight into Harriet's head when she thinks about what her efforts have really been towards and how she really feels about her life and what's happened. Then Harley, I can't even talk. Then Harriet finally fights for Wynn and makes them fight in their own way. She finally lets her emotions show. This fight also leads to a makeup session if you catch my drift. <laughs> Sorry. The next chapter begins with Harriet trying to start the day fresh when she finds Cleo also grabbing coffee when there is a pregnancy reveal. In the next section, Harriet then goes on her surprise activity, which happens to be at a pottery shop, which somehow Sabrina knew about. After two hours, Wynn shows up. The chapter ends with Harriet suggesting she goes to Montana, but Wynn says no because he doesn't want them to end up where they were before. In this chapter, Sabrina is gone and the crew goes on a mission to find her. Cleo and Harriet fi finally do and finally lay everything on the table and make up. This whiplash. Straight yeah. whiplash. Okay. This is just a quote from Sabrina on page 305 when everything's kind of imploding between... 
Cleo and Sabrina and just everybody. She okay. said, I did what I had to do, Sabrina says, just like I always do because no one makes even the tiniest bit of effort anymore. If I waited on all of you, this friendship would already be over and you know it. I send the first text. I make the phone calls. I leave the voicemails. I schedule the trips. And when you cancel on them, I pitch other dates. And when you can't give me an immediate yes or no, guess what? I'm the one to check back in a couple days later. Honestly, like... I felt for Sabrina uh-huh. in that yep. in that way because she and then Cleo's like, oh well, we have other stuff going on in our lives, and it's like I could feel Sabrina's frustration so much because she, she has shit going on in her yeah. life, right? So why I oh I just I think mm-hmm. that excuse from Cleo of like we all have other stuff going on in our lives pissed me off kind of mm. because. I've run into that with people before where it's like, oh, I have other stuff going on or, oh, I have this going on or whatever. But like that doesn't give you an excuse to like neglect people or like treat someone poorly or whatever it may be. And so, I mean, that's not quite exactly what was happening, but that's like what it brought up for me. And I yes. think Sabrina was just feeling everything was so one sided that yeah. she was like, I cannot physically put this much effort in anymore like honestly, I can't do yeah. it honestly I was a Sabrina stan in this chapter yeah chapter 31 I was like yeah Sabrina I will fight with you like I know the exact feeling because yeah. if I if I didn't do anything this friendship wouldn't exist which unfortunately Literally. has has happened to me before and it's just like yeah. it's a shitty feeling but the fact that like Sabrina is trying to prioritize this when no one else is, that sucks. Like, and I I, yeah. I feel for her. Also, too, about the whole Cleo thing. Cleo does go to say that, you know, we have other things going on in our lives and we're busy. But what was the freaking nail in the coffin for me was when she was like, oh, we can't always drop everything to relive the glory days with you. And I was like, OK, OK. Like, that's a little, that's a little step further, right? And I don't think you need to say that because... No, it was a little harsh. Yes, because, yes, Sabrina loves to go and do things and stuff, but also she loves to go and do things with you. Like, that's the difference. Like, she's not just trying to relive things. She's trying to upkeep these relationships that are so important to her. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, (laughs) I feel for... Uh, I almost said Selena. Sorry, <laughs> Sabrina. <laughs> okay. 307. God, this was when it got so depressing for me. Okay. We've seen one another all week, Cleo says, and you're just now telling us this is all some kind of Machiavellian scheme and Harriet's just confessing she and Wynn aren't even together and we've had days and it hasn't even mattered because you'd rather sit in a theater for five hours just because we used to than adjust to the fact that maybe we'd all rather do something different. We're not in the same place anymore. We're growing up and in different directions and there are things we can't talk to one another about anymore and maybe we've all been fighting it or pretending we don't notice when we should accept it. We're not what we used to be for one another, and that's fine. That's f- it's fine. Sabrina repeats emptily, empty, emptily. Sorry, things are changing. They already have, and I've never been this person who just goes along with things she doesn't want to do. But you've made it, so I have to. It all has to be on your terms. No one's forced you to say. Sabrina says, "If you want to go, go. Fine. Kimmy and I will find a hotel for the night." It's so hard because I was pissed at Cleo for being so harsh during this conversation, but like. I then when she said that I was like 
it's true because I feel like everyone's trying to act like the friendship's the same rather than working with each other to adjust to the life changes. And that's how they all shot each other in the foot. This is this chapter is so hard because one Mm -hmm. second I was ready to ride with Sabrina and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Cleo, actually, like, I'm going to also ride with you. (laughs) Like, it's, it's so hard because Sabrina is so valid. But Cleo is so valid, too. And I'm just like, oh, this is what makes this book suck. Like, I just, literally, ugh. it's horrid. It's so it really hard. is. I have this note and I wrote the quote on my phone. OK, page 310. Wow. Harriet and I might be the same. This is what it says. I've tried so hard to be good to deserve the people around me. And I've still managed to hurt all of them. It's funny because I literally have it tabbed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I literally have it tabbed oh. because I was like, this is just too much for me. But I need to remember it, that it's too much for me. <laughs> literally, it is. I mean, who who doesn't relate to that? Like trying their best, putting forth everything they possibly could think to do and somehow feeling like it's not good enough and I still failed. And like how deep that hurt is. Yeah. Holy, holy mother. Yeah. <laughs> the, honestly, okay, and then, this section didn't give us a chance to breathe. It was no, it didn't. Horrible to read through. <laughs> it really, it really, really was. Okay, I'm just gonna read this, but okay. it's it's a lot for me. I imagine them thinking it was all worth it, telling me how much they love me. All my life when I thought of my future, that was what I pictured, not a career, the things that I thought would come with it. Happiness, love, safety. And that dream had been enough for a long time. What was school if not a chance to earn your worth? To prove again and again that you were measurably good. One more deal I struck with a disinterested universe. If I'm good enough, I'll be happy, I'll be loved, I'll be safe. Instead, I've pushed away everything, everyone I love. My heart clings in my chest. I need to outrun these feelings. What? <laughs> Are you for real? <laughs> I it, it gets to the core of like literally what this whole like book is about is just yep. like that core feeling like all these life things get in the way, but like people get so focused on these things or this goal or this whatever when it's Mm -hmm. like you're ignoring that core need to just feel loved and feel appreciated and and i and it's i don't even know what to say i'm not even saying anything because i'm just like so shook by that again it's it's so clear that this is the lie that she's been living unfortunately that this was the lie that was unfortunately created for her back at home and it has carried her all the way to her late 20s and has imploded her engagement and her friendships. And it's just like, again, it's like I feel for her. Like, I just want to give her a hug. Because Literally. it's, she was just doing stuff out of the goodness of her heart. And it backfired so horribly. Yep. Literally. God. Okay, <laughs> so... <laughs> page 318 let me pull up what it said okay because then my note was just is fighting supposed to be cute lol um (laughs) my rib cage seems to shrink or else my heart grows good you should at least be at least a fraction as proud of yourself as i am of you those he says quietly smiling are not fighting words that's because it's your turn i say you're mad at me too i am he says furious i say he squeezes me to him 
furious, he breathes. About what again? I'm going to skip a little. My stomach flip-flops, maybe because of the wedding. What wedding? He says, ours. I say, we didn't have one, he says. And maybe you think I didn't care, I say, or that I was afraid to commit to you, and that's why I couldn't make any decisions. Maybe you think I was intentionally putting it off. Anyway, then they get into their fight and talk about everything. But like, God, it's like, again, throughout this whole book, you get these hints of like, just how much they love each other even in these hard moments it's like and and just like what their dynamic is truly like you know okay i just need to read this part okay okay and i'm mad at you for not coming to me tonight i say he tilts my chin kissing the other side of my throat whispering softly i would have made it to you eventually you packed your bags i say he laughs jaggedly into my skin his hands going back to my thighs hoisting me up snug against him it was bullshit he says i was trying to convince myself it would be best if i left you alone that sad thing is i actually believe it harriet but i wasn't going to i was on my way to find you when you got here how do you think i answered the door so fast why do you think i was already hard harriet a pleasant shiver climbs my thighs. Maybe you are doing a crossword, I say. <laughs> when when Wynn said, why do you think I was already hard, Harriet? I screamed. <laughs> I screamed. Yep. I, I had to, like, take a deep breath because I was like, no, same. <laughs> I was like, again, too, because we were just saying, as hard as these moments are, Emily Henry is able to bring such a lightness to it that, mm-hmm. like, makes me love these characters so much. And, oh, mm-hmm. I just, oh, my God, I just love it. <laughs> but then we have the sex scene, right? Finally! This this is my note. That's the sex scene we've been waiting for. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> I get why it was the way it was, but I okay. wanted more detail. I wanted more spice. I wanted more intense moments because after all of these tension with yeah. like the makeout scenes and how hot it was and then to have this shit i was like where's the passion like give it to me like you cannot play with me like that maybe i'm just too horny for this <laughs> minuscule whatever the fuck that i got but like i wanted more okay okay that that's all valid but one emily okay. henry is not you remember she's not explicit in I her know. sex scenes remember okay two I think if it was a little more passionate, I don't think it would have the the previous conversation that they just had. I don't think it would have meant as much, you know, like they needed all of their walls to come down in order to be together physically with each other. And which is why it made it so, so impactive. You know, I will say when he held and pinned her arms above her head. I was like, when? <laughs> I was like, no, no. I swear, I don't know if guys realize this in their brains. <laughs> they're pea-sized the, brains. They're pea-sized brains. It is the little things that do it. It's not like you think that you're doing something so hot. You have no idea. Yeah. Like, it is like the hand placement yes. or it's like you pinning our hands or it's you kissing this one i don't know whatever it is but it's the little things that like seem so minuscule but that are so fucking i know i truly truly and i feel like win is the person who just knows all these little things and i'm like Uh damn 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 okay (laughs) okay page 329 
She doesn't crack a smile this time. You are in denial, she says, and telling us would have made it all feel real. And even if it is real, even if it's what you chose, you still know it's going to change everything. And that's scary because you need us. We're your family. I stare at her. Damn. Was I close, she asks. <laughs> I set down my drink on one of the posts that line the water here, thick ropes strung between them. More like, are you psychic, I say. She lets out a little breathless laugh and looks back to the water, sloshing against the bank. Tears glint in the corners of her eyes. I'm pregnant, she says. I know there must be sounds all around me. The water, the low horn of boats leaving the harbor, the lobstermen across the bay shouting back and forth, ribbing one another as they load and unload traps. But it's like someone's clipped the wires to my ears. When it rushes back in, I hear myself burst into tears, which makes Cleo burst into tears. I don't know why, but like that that made me like cry because Mm. it's just that moment where it's like it's gotten to the point where like Cleo couldn't even like yes it was still a happy moment of Mm -hmm. course but it's like why did it have have to come at the cost of like all of this happening and it's like no I don't know it's just like and I think when Harriet burst into tears everything just crashed into her she's like I've been so absent for this friendship I had no idea that this could even be in the realm of possibility right now for them that they were like doing this and like all of these different things and I don't know it was just a very overwhelming moment I don't know why but no I have to say that I agree and also though it makes what Cleo said in the earlier chapters so much more valid like yes Mm -hmm. we can come here we can vacation and we can live you know, the way that we used to on these vacations, but also people and lives are changing in a good way and not in a bad way in which Sabrina thought it was a bad way. But like, Mm -hmm. it's just sad because this is such an exciting time. And I think I agree with you where it, it came out in such a shitty situation. And then I think on 3.30 and 3.31, I think just Harriet and Cleo talking about like, their friendship like for example on page 31 I don't need you to say the same Cleo I say and it's not having things in common that makes me love you we're so differently all of us and I wouldn't change anything about you like I said you are a missing piece of my heart and Sabrina is too if your schedule has to change or you start singing Barney songs to yourself or become one of those people who post about their kids diaper blots on social media you'll put me out of my misery she asked quietly god yes I'll take your phone and feed it to the sea, but I'll also still love you, your family to me, you and Sab both. And like, then it just kind of all comes back together. But I think that that's just, I think what they all needed to be reminded of is that like at the end of the day, like they're each other's family and they love each other so much and they're getting so caught up in life stuff that's happening or that things aren't the same or that they can't see each other as much Mm -hmm. versus like making the quality of when they are able together be like what it was I don't know so it was just really cute to me one of my notes just said on page 343 now she hates her job why is so much happening like dot 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 oh okay so this is like Harriet finally like admitting that she doesn't like her job and like is finally sharing all of this with Wynn and Mm -hmm. Wynn's kind of sharing all of his stuff back basically they're all they're they're both just kind of like finally letting out the last pieces of everything that needs to happen and then i got frustrated because they still were not together after this (laughs) but like i guess i get it but it's like right now he murmurs what about later when you wake up and realize i've let you give up everything for me i can't Mm -hmm. do that page 349 so again i get it i really do but like i was still annoyed because i was like I just because then in that that almost reminded me that it's like it's the same thing where they're trying to decide for each other what's going to make them happy and like just doing that where it's like 
people need to make these decisions for themselves. And like, so I get it, but I'm also like, oh, I hate that. A part of me was like, okay, yes, I, I agree with you. I understand why Wynn is saying this. Mm-hmm. At this point, though, in the book, I was getting annoyed because I realized that both Harriet and Wynn were trying to protect themselves so much that they were preventing them to be together. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you guys doing? Like, do you see what literally. you're doing? Like, you guys think so you guys annoying. are protecting each other, but it's literally drawing you guys further apart, which is why you guys can't be together. And I was like, something's yep. got to crack. <laughs> because something's this is ridiculous. crack is right. No, literally. <laughs> so frustrating so yeah anyways that's kind of where my set of chapter ends but do you have anything else to add in that whirlwind um no i think that's it Alrighty. on to last chap- chunk baby on to chapter 36 right mm-hmm. okay cool so chapter 36 is a flashback to happy place knott's harbor maine but it's the chapter that Sabrina and Parth get married and everyone is happy and they have this moment suspended in time for one last time. And I really loved the way that this chapter was technically a happy place and usually happy mm-hmm. place are like flashbacks, but like mm-hmm. this was in the present and it was almost like they already lived it and so they could just bottle it up and have it with them all the time and it honestly made me cry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have much to say. It was just so full of love and I loved it and it was it was such a good way for them to end their vacation. Um, yeah, I think we needed that after how heavy shit was for the past like 10 chapters. Oh my gosh, you know? yes. Like just a little breath. <laughs> just a little <laughs> just a little um when and harriet share one last night together he tells her i love you and harriet says not to say that because those words don't belong to her anymore then and then he says on top of page 365 i have to read it he says of course they do he says they belong to you before i ever saw you they belong to you in every universe we're in harriet I'm literally going to cry. <laughs> I am not well, okay? <laughs> as I'm as I'm going through this book again, I'm not well. Um I don't know if you've seen um everything everywhere all at once. I don't know if you've seen that not. movie. This is literally the concept of that movie of like in every universe, like, I would still do boring laundry with you. I would still call you to come home for dinner and live a boring life. Like, in every universe, I would still do that. And, like, this book gave me so many of that vibes, especially this chapter and this part where it's, like, mm. in every universe, like, I will find my way to you. Like, it, it, it's not a question. And I was just, like, mm-hmm. when you're just fucking killing me, dude. <laughs> well, is is this the part i think it's the same quote where he's like y'all always be mine in every universe even if i'm not yours or something like that right did he not say that too kind of in that same um no he says, he that, says that some somewhere. he says that somewhere um okay okay but I just but you know that's that that's exactly it yeah um and then this chapter ends with win saying i love you and Harriet whispering you instead of saying I love you because she can't get herself to say it yet. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Chapter 37. Here is my synopsis. Harriet wakes up early to get to the airport. Cleo and Sabrina drive her there and say goodbye. Harriet realizes that Wynn is afraid, which prompts her to realize that she truly wants, realizes what she truly wants in life. 
she leaves the airport. A part of me couldn't even be mad at Harriet when she left because I honestly understood why she didn't say goodbye to Wynn after the night that they shared. Mm -hmm. But also, why didn't you say goodbye? Like, I was just literally, literally. She was was trying to protect herself again. Just the same way that Wynn was trying to protect himself. This was her way of protecting herself. I was like, for the love of God, don't go down this road again. Like, otherwise, every character growth goes down the tubes, bro. I know. And I was like, okay, fine. Whatever. Whatever, Harriet. Um, I need you to explain to me Harriet's realization in this chapter because the dots didn't really connect for me. And it was when she was in the airport waiting for her plane. She was looking at the table on her phone that Wynn had created. And that's when she realized, like, that's what she wants. But, like, why? I guess I didn't understand, like, how that, the table, connected to this big realization of that she wanted win like she or she wanted freedom or whatever it was i don't understand i don't either and that is one of the reason why that this so when i was talking about how it's like maybe not one of her favorites Mm -hmm. or whatever like this was supposed to be the quintessential moment when finally everything comes back together and everything's going to be resolved yes and that looking at the table picture didn't feel significant enough to me yeah And, and so it was kind of I felt a little bit of a letdown after everything. Like, I felt like that realization could have been different. Like, maybe she saw a couple in the airport or saw a plane take off or, like, saw the table and then saw a couple. Or, you know, it could have been, like, a little bit of a combination of things. Or even, like... the pottery thing that they did together like a the the shop owner sent her a picture of it or something you know yep there could have been so many things but like i just felt like looking at the coffee table because or not the coffee table but the the tables that he built was not significant to their relationship so that's why i felt like a letdown yeah i just i when i read it i had to read it again because i was like oh did i miss something and i was like oh no i do not miss anything yep So basically, she has that realization, which then prompts into another kind of, like, realization um, that Harriet realizes that Wynne is afraid as well. Mm -hmm. So I have to read on top of 369. He's afraid. He still doesn't trust that I can love him forever. Some part of him is waiting for me to choose something else. Believes that if I were given every option, he wouldn't be my pick. He might think he's protecting me, but but he's protecting himself too. So at that point, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Because, Mm -hmm. like, he's still afraid. But again, too, I'm like, but what about the table? Like, how do we get it from the the table? table? Yeah, I was confused. Because, like, even if maybe what did the table look like? Did something on the table remind her of something? Like, it just, how did, like, all the realizations made sense. Those are exactly the realizations she needed to have. But to be brought on by a fucking table. I know. What? It, it just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. No, it didn't. I will say, I really loved how this chapter ended when Harriet realizes that she's been letting other people's voices dictate what she wants. But in this moment, her voice is telling her what she wants. And it's you. Literally just you. <laughs> And I was like, oh my god. I love the way that Emily Henry ties back everything. Like, yep. I was, yeah. Anyways, that's the end of chapter 37 and going into chapter 38. So here's my synopsis. 
Harriet runs out of the airport to return back to the cottage, but she sees a familiar red car in the parking lot. Wynne is there and had chased her all the way there because she didn't say goodbye. Harriet states that she wants a life with him and his family, that, sh that she doesn't want to be tired all the time back in San Francisco. Wynne and Harriet make up and say, I love you. I thought this chapter was absolute perfection amazing <laughs> my favorite chapter like one of my top five favorite chapters in this book um i just thought it was so so perfect first of all i knew he would be there i knew I he knew would it. chase her i knew it too <laughs> when i, I saw that too, red car i was like because if he didn't then nothing would have changed like yes! i oh, i needed that i yeah, needed I, that. I needed them to come together because they both needed that yes but it's also a call back to when he first picked her up when they first met and I'm like, i didn't even think of that oh my gosh that's so like he was that's there the whole point and i missed it <laughs> that's okay that's okay Oh. but yeah he was oh, there like yeah. he's always there waiting for her like oh, yeah oh i loved harriet's speech i was like really proud of her because she was finally stating what she wanted it almost felt like she was going through the motions the entire book even like mm -hmm. the fake relationship with win for the week her residency all of that stuff like she was doing everything that people wanted her to do but finally at the end she did what she wanted to do and again mm -hmm. i i think i i think harriet's character arc was great other than the mm -hmm. whole realization of her tipping over the edge but yeah um i i loved it um uh, okay and then he, my note says here's my fave part on page 372 so this is harriet's speech um and i don't want to be across the country from you or your family i don't want to miss a single holiday with them i don't want to go to sleep without being able to put my feet on your calves to warm them up and i don't want to say goodbye to your rodeo shirt and i don't want to let you leave here without understanding that i trust myself on this and you can tell you can tell me to go right now and i will but you don't get but you don't get to think it's noble you don't get to think you're right and then she goes on to say, you can tell me no when, but you can't tell yourself it's what I want. If you're too afraid, if you can't have faith in me, then tell me to go. But don't convince yourself it's what I wanted. That's <gasps> what I needed the whole freaking time. That's what I needed the whole freaking time because that was their, that hit right on their problem the whole time. Yes. Is telling themselves what each other wanted. Exactly. I and loved I'm, that. Me too. Me. I loved it so much. I was like, you're so you're so right, Harriet. Like, don't mm. let anyone dictate what you want. Like, Wynn can tell you all the things, but, like, you know what you want at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, the ending to this chapter is probably one of the best ones. So, Harriet asks if Wynn is asking her to come home, and Wynn admits that it's not home unless she's there. <laughs> and then Harriet finally tells Wynn, I love you. And he says, in every universe. And then, then I threw up. <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is so cute it's so, so cute moving on to chapter 36 here's my synopsis 36 Harry 39 <laughs> we're actually going like, back we're time. taking it back yeah, yeah we are we're taking it back chapter 39 Harriet draws from her residency and her parents are sent into a spiral. Harriet chats with her sister and her mother admits that she's terrified Harriet won't be happy. I really like this chapter because it gave me closure with her family just because I know how mm -hmm. how big it was for Harriet to mm -hmm. um 
withdraw from her residency, but also, too, she was on this platform for her family. So I really appreciated that Emily Henry gave his closure here. Yeah. One thing I will say about mm-hmm. that, I feel like the conversation, I apologize if you're about to get there when you no, talk about it, but I, I liked it because, yes, it gave closure to those things, but I felt like the conversation that she had with her sister was so kind of like stereotypical or like it it was just like very like exactly what I expected or like yeah. kind of like force like oh all of a sudden her sister's like yeah like that's exactly what I always thought and here's how I feel even though they've spent years not telling each other how they feel you know what I mean but anyways. yeah but I think I was fine with it because Eloise was such like a back thought like it wasn't yeah for sure it wasn't essential for Harriet to no, move it on it was just a nice little like little like clue here like oh yep they're they're fine it's not important but they're fine so i mean i didn't i think if it was like with cleo or sabrina instead i would have been like whoa this is i need more from them but no that makes sense this is what pissed me off that the moment that harriet told them that she was pulling out of her residency they offered to finally fly out to san francisco and talk it out and that is when harriet realized that the only time that they offered to come visit her was when she was gonna like crushed their dreams and I was like you know what Harriet Mm -hmm. this is what you needed to realize like good for you and good for sticking to your guns because that sucks that sucks screw them honestly yeah bye and at the end she had a conversation with her mom which I'm a little conflicted about her mom basically admits that she's terrified Harriet won't be happy because she moved to Montana for win Harriet says she didn't go to Montana for win but for herself, which makes sense, right? We already knew that. I just didn't really like her mom's sentiment of like, oh, I just, I I just want you to be happy. But I'm like, but like, what is your true intention though? Which we touch on in chapter 40, but I just like, her mom just kept pissing me off, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Her mom wasn't able to let it go, but I yes! also think, I feel like part of that too was just to kind of more so less show her mother coming around and more so show that Harriet was able to still make her choices despite them still feeling unsure about them and her being able to stand behind her decision so like I I understand that and honestly again I think that's what made it so real because how many uh, times do you people in real life like come to a realization and then tell people important to them and they kind of have like a mediocre reaction to it or still don't like kind of support you in that but like there are certain things you need to stick to your guns on so yeah and I okay I I agree I see it now it was more so of a device to help cement Harriet's decision that this is what I want um yeah that makes sense chapter 40 the last chapter of the book here is my synopsis (sighs) the book ends with a chapter of a happy place but this time it's real life it's Wynn and Harriet's home. We learn that they have an apartment in Montana and have sent safe the dates for their wedding. Harriet ponders on happy places and happiness in general, but most of all, she feels happy and safe when she goes home. This was such a good chapter to end on, honestly. Like, after all the shit that we've gone through, it was such we needed a great... This. No, truly, we did. Oh, my God. I loved the sentiment with her mom and Gloria about happy places and how those memories are so strong that even after people are gone, like Hank, or they move away, like kind of how her mom had moved away from Kentucky when she married Harriet's dad. Like, Mm -hmm. those happy places aren't happy places without the people in it. And I think that was such... I I love that 
Harriet took the time to reflect on that, which made the ending hit even more. And it just made mm-hmm. it so much more hopeful because it was amazing. So I'm going to read the end of the book. Okay. On page 385, it says, And no matter the weather, feet of snow or sun bleeding the thirsty fields dry, when I walk up the steps and put my key into the lock, I feel a lift in my chest, a surety. He will be waiting on the other side, still covered in sawdust and smelling like pine. Before I even see him, my heart starts singing its favorite song, You, You, You. I literally I love it I love it I can't I literally can't like it's so perfect it just just, it really felt so complete by the end of it and I love that like it didn't feel like anything was left hanging it didn't feel like anything was left unresolved like it just it felt like the perfect the perfect like cherry on top yes you know yes exactly but yeah, that is how Happy Place by Emily Henry ends. Wow. wow. I honestly, I think now that we've talked for so long about the book, I definitely like it a lot more than I Same. did coming into the conversation. I Same. think I think I get and this is just a lesson to myself to slow down more when I read because uh-huh. I feel like I miss some of the nuances because I get so excited and I read so mm. fast that I don't take the time to like really sit and process some of the stuff. Yeah. And sometimes that's okay with like some contemporary romance books because yeah. they're they kind of don't have as deep of a level, but this one really did. And yeah. I think there was a lot I missed when I just read through it the first time, yeah. especially because I read it so fast. But I I have so much respect for this book, and I thought she did a fantastic job executing what she was yes! trying to do. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think objectively this is her best written book. Like, the way mm-hmm. that she weaved things, the way that she had closure for everything. Like, it was so good like i'm i'm so blown away like i don't know yeah. how she did it honestly i don't know i i do agree with you i actually really like this book a lot more when we started talking about it i mean i mm-hmm. liked it but i like it even more and i think i'm realizing now that it made me cry more than i thought it would have yeah <laughs> like, no <laughs> no 100% it is an emotional book it is yeah Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. Question. Where does yep. this fall in line with her four books for you? I feel like I need to do a reread of all of them. Oh, and got it, it. It's so hard because I feel like I haven't had enough time to really sit on Happy Place yep. as much as I have the others. And like, it's so hard to rate them. I think Beach Read will always be number one for me, like yep. no matter what she comes out, <laughs> yeah. just because of how special of a place it has in my heart, you yep. know? Yeah. But I mean... I don't even, <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah. I really can't answer that question. How okay. about you? Um, I think for me, like book, lo- book lovers will always be on top. But I think that's because mm. you know how much I relate to Nora. Like Nora mm-hmm. is me. I am Nora. Like, I, yeah. Um, <sighs> but this is slowly moving up the race. It just is. because of my, because of how much I relate to Harriet. I'm like, yeah. oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I think it's book lovers happy place is like below that but then 
maybe then it's beach read and the people we meet on vacation i mm. again you know me i don't like dual timelines and people we yeah. meet on vacation was, was a really hard sell for me to go back and forth mm-hmm. from the past and the present sure um but I want to put Beach Read higher, too, because I feel like I haven't given it, like, time. You gotta reread it, girl. You gotta reread it, girl. I know. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I really want to read Book Lovers again, because that's such a comfort yeah. to me. But, mm-hmm. oh, my God. So, we just have to reread all the Emily Henry books. Basically. Yeah, because it's going to be another fucking year until she puts out Rude. another book. <laughs> I'm, like, depressed uh, now. Like, I know. really? <laughs> why can't she be like Allie Hazelwood and like release two books in one year no literally that's what I need <laughs> so yeah <laughs> all right Selena so describe in vague terms <laughs> because we don't have specifics but in vague terms tell our listeners what we will be talking about next week next week Theoni and I will be doing another ranking episode which we realize we haven't done in a long time but we're going to be yep. ranking our top five favorite something and you'll have to come back next week to find out what that is it'll be a beautiful surprise yep but thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week bye Bye.